name's Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. Welcome back to another episode of Pop Culturing, where we talk about movies and in today's episode, TV shows. So we're to, so to be clear, we're not doing Sex in the City, the movie part one or two, correct, sweetie? Yes. I mean, I don't mind if we reference it, but we are talking about the show that started in 1998 and ended in 2004. Um, no intro necessary. Everybody knows what this is. I think so. Yes, especially our listeners, which is dominated by women in their 40s. So what, what was going on in your life when Sex and the City became popular? So uh, let's see. The first year of Sex and the City, 1998, was a year before you and I started dating. So I had been single for probably a good four or five years. So this or this show, this TV show, was very relevant to me. Um, I, that's, you know, we're going to kind of get into some of my favorite episodes, but a lot of them were my favorite because I could so relate. Um, and then when it ended, uh, JC was a baby, our 16 year old. There you go. And, uh, don't let me forget. I want to do trivia at the end of the show. I'm, I'm going to ask you questions and our audience is going to see if they're as smart as you are. All right. Well, I'm a little nervous because I am. I don't think you should be because I've played this game with you. Well, and here's here's Sex in the City for me is a lot like Friends in that I go through times where I watch it all the time. Yeah. Meaning like you binge watch. I binge watch. Like I remember. But obviously, binge watching isn't even the name. It's like you watch the episodes over and over and over again. Like binge watching is, you know, episodes one through ten. But you know, like Sex in the City or. Uh, 30 Rock, like you just keep watching. Right. And in 30 Rock, I really only watch season two, three, four, and some of five. Mm. I don't watch season one. I don't watch the last season. Um, and with Sex and the City, I never watch the first season. Oh, really? Now, here's what's funny, though. When, like, when I go to Galena by myself sometimes, or even with you guys, Sex and the City is on TBS a lot. Sounds right. Yeah. And... Um, it, I'll watch whatever ones are on. So I don't care if I'll watch season one, but if I'm choosing, because right now Sex and the City is on Amazon Prime. What's your beef with season one? <clears throat> season one is like any, the only TV show that I felt that season one was awesome is Friends. What about Lost, sweetie? Well, I'm thinking more 30 minute comedy okay. or like a comedy show or like Got a it. sitcom. Because right. Seinfeld season one wasn't that great. Pretty bad. Um, sex in the City. Now, here's the thing there are true blue Sex in the City people who love season one. Sure. But I feel like any show is kind of getting its footing where you're like, who are these people? And sometimes they like go the wrong way. Like I remember in season one, I think it was in season one or beginning of season two. They actually have an episode where Samantha hooks up with Charlotte's brother, mm. and they decided after that episode, let's not bring in their families ever yeah. again, because it gets too complicated. Well, you got four main characters, and yeah. then all of a sudden you introduce family members. Uh, the TV show Cheers, they debuted at very last. You know, Obviously, Cheers oh, yeah. owned the number one slot forever, and I don't know if it was the first season or the first episode, but they started last. And Parks and Rec season one, to me, is awful. Yeah. Like, I, everyone kept telling me to watch Parks and Rec, and I was watching season one going, I don't really even like these people. Mm-hmm. Now, by, now for, for everybody, it was like, oh my gosh, by the end of season one, I loved it, and yeah. I'll watch Parks and Rec all the time, but it's tough. Like, I don't think, that's why I think it's hard for writers and actors when they're in a new sitcom and then they get canceled immediately, right. it's like you didn't even give us a chance right. to yeah, you get gotta started. Be good, real soon. It's kind of like 
back in the old days with like NFL coaches or major league coaches, they would like have a, a few years to kind of get under the belt before they're evaluated. The same as with TV shows nowadays. Like unless you're good right away. Right. It's much more difficult. And you and there has to be a reason either people are watching or there has to be a critical acclaim. There has to be something that, you know, helps people or helps who's ever deciding what shows stay on keep you on past 13. And critical acclaim doesn't always help, as we found out in Arrested Development. And even Friday Night Lights got canceled. They brought it back. Oh, really? Yeah. There oh was a God. huge Friday Night Lights like backlash after they got they either canceled it or there was a big threat to cancel it. And so they got a ton of letters oh, and emails. So they brought it back. So in the first season of Sex in the City, I believe they broke the fourth wall. Did you know that? Well, that was the plan from the beginning. Okay. Was and to what, break the fourth wall. Do you know wall. what changed or no? Um, I think they just didn't like the flow. Got it. Like, I, I honestly don't know. I... I, you know, I've read some things. Darren Starr said this, you know, you know, Sarah Jessica Parker said this, but I, and I'm glad they changed Mm -hmm. it. See, that's an example, you know, like where, um, that isn't a horrible thing to do. It's funny. You and I started watching Fleabag. Um, I know we didn't get too far into it. I don't even know who's in that. It's the one that we watched with, um, we watched it, I think at my aunt's house and she breaks the fourth wall immediately. Hmm. Like she turns to, it's right before we start watching Catastrophe. Oh, okay. Do you remember? It was um, a very uh, sexual show. Like she, remember she turns to the camera and that guy comes over. I don't know what, if I can't picture the actress, I can't picture the show. It's a British comedy. British. Yeah. I don't remember. Okay. Well, anyway, she, like, there are some shows that I think do it really well, um, where it kind of works and you need their narration, but I think in Sex and the City, because it's an ensemble thing and it's more, I I didn't, I, I don't feel it's needed, Mm -hmm. but here's the thing. Maybe they don't break the fourth wall, but you have Carrie's narration. Of course, that is the that is the connection between Correct. the audience and the characters. Correct. So, um, and then I want to list my favorite guys on the show, but we'll do that later. Okay. Where, where do you want to begin, my sweetheart? Um. So let's see. I guess let's just talk about why the show was a big deal, and then we'll kind of go into some of the episodes that I liked, okay. and you can kind of comment on whether or not you liked them. But I think. You know, a lot of uh, there's a lot of hoopla around this show, obviously, because I think it was one of the first times, if not the first time, you had women talking about their sex lives with each other. And I think, and it's hard now to even remember when that didn't happen because mm. of a show like Catastrophe or Fleabag, or you know what I mean? Right. Like, they, that's just so normalized now. Sure. Um, we forgot what it was like. Yeah, I forgot what it was like before. I will say that I remember being kind of relieved because I'm not. I was relieved to watch it, not because I necessarily had identical conversations with my friends, you know, but it was much more along the lines of, yes, of course we talk about that. Because what's the question everybody said? You know, men would be like, do you guys really talk about things like that? Of course we do. We always have. Now, we may not be as, you don't always have a Samantha, you know, you don't always have someone who's so blunt. Overtly. yeah. Yeah. But um, and you don't always have a Charlotte or a Carrie or Miranda. It's that's the other thing, is I think that a lot of people are like you have to be one of them, and I don't find myself in any of them. Like I find pieces of myself right, in all of, like them. Any of them. No. Well, and they're all complicated characters for so, and you know them so well. It'd be tough for you to say, oh, I'm like her, Correct. because you know what are the odds? That would be almost impossible. Um, one quick thing. Um. I think that women talk about sex so much more than men. 
I does think that women, go without saying? Does everybody know this? I think women talk, period, yeah. so much more than men. And I have wonderful friends, and I'm getting better about talking about this complicated topic of sexuality with them. Uh-huh. But even with my really heart-centered, authentic friendships with the guys that I I would I would do anything for, it's it's still a little taboo. Like, you just don't talk about it. Yeah, and that to me is, I mean, I have lived with women. I mean, first of all, I would definitely talk to my best friend from high school about these things. Then I went to college, lived with women, lived in a sorority house, so there was nothing off limits. And then in my 20s, lived with three women and among women. So this is like the most normalized experience. And, and I could say the same thing about living with guys through my 20s and all that. And we, the only thing that we ever did when I, we were in our 20s is like, you'd say, did you get any? But that's as far as it went. Yeah. Wouldn't talk about details. Yeah. And and that's the thing is that with women, it was, um, it's hard to remember. Like it's, as I was watching the show, you know how I think people could relate to this when you're watching certain episodes, you remember the first time you saw it mm-hmm. and you remember what was going on in your life or how you related to it. And so that could bring me back really quickly. But, you know, women... Women aren't always talking about their conquests necessarily. They they will and probably more likely to talk about your challenges than your conquests, right? Uh, both, because no. yeah. that's the thing that Sex and the City did too. Is is they what they brought into mainstream is that women, it, kind of what uh, you know. We already talked about this on a previous pop culturing, I believe, or maybe on a previous Zen Parenting Radio, but about Liz Gilbert's book, City of Girls, that women have desire and not all of them are going on dates and having sex or hooking up with people because they necessarily want to get married. Mm -hmm. That's not, that is such a um, traditional, traditional, outdated, even then in the late nineties, especially in New York when women are, and I would say in Chicago, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, I have a lot of single women friends who live in the city who either didn't want to get married, didn't get married, and could care less. Like, it's not an essential thing. It's not, I mean, I know there's a lot built around it because of having children. And that's a, that's a pressure issue that's on, that's on women. Because like right now, if you and I, uh, you know, if something happened to me, you could marry somebody again, who is much younger and still have children Mm -hmm. where for me, that is not a possibility, or at least not without the help of a lot of science. Yeah. So that obviously is an issue that that happens in Sex in the City. Like Charlotte definitely wants to have a baby. Um, there is, you know, Miranda obviously has a baby. And then there's discussion about actually all of them. It comes up with all of them. I think Samantha's the only one who's like, that's not part of her plan at all. Right. And uh, Sarah Jessica Parker or Carrie, um, she... She debates I it. I know she has an abortion, right? She does. Yeah. Uh, but... But do they talk up? She doesn't. She's she's one of the women that do not have a baby on the show. Correct. correct? But there is an episode where she and I can't remember which one it is where she thinks she might be pregnant, mm-hmm. and she ends up getting her period right at the end, mm-hmm. and she's a little melancholy. It's a little like about last night. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like in that scene where uh, Demi Moore. And Rob Lowe. See, their names are Deb and Dan. <laughs> Deb We're thinking Dan. about doing a pop culturing on About Last Night. The problem is we don't think many people have ever seen it. But you know what? That's okay because we love it. Mm-hmm. That is a very important movie to Todd and I. And it's a Chicago movie. That's where we are. Um, but there's Deb thinks she's pregnant and then she's not. And of course, Dan is like, oh, great. Right, of <laughs> Thank course. God, right? And she's sad. Now, someone will say, well, are you crazy? Do you want to have a baby? But she doesn't. 
But it doesn't mean there isn't a feeling of melancholy. Yeah, it's not like black and white. It's like, oh, happy or sad. It's happy and sad. And and that is what Miranda goes through mm-hmm. when she finds out she's pregnant from Steve, who only has one, one ball. ball. And she has a lazy ovary. Ah. So that's why it's a Brady's a miracle. Yeah. You know, she's like his one side is working. I didn't know working. there was such a thing called lazy ovaries. Well, that was kind of a sex in the city-ism where people are like, what is this? Yeah. You know? Um, so she... so. They conceive Brady and she, you know, and again, this is, this is for adults, so it's okay. Yes. But she only has sex with him because she felt sorry for him that mm-hmm. day. I mean, again, they're going to be together forever. Everybody knows Steve and Miranda are going to be together. But in that moment when she had sex with him, she called it a pity F. Uh. Um, so, but she got pregnant and she debated having an abortion. And then she was like, you know what? This is, that's one of my favorite episodes, actually. Yeah. I didn't choose that in the list that I gave you. But that's a tough episode because Charlotte is trying to get pregnant and can't, you know, and this is what can happen among friends. Right. You know, this is difficult. Here you've got Miranda who this isn't what she wants at all or she didn't think she did. And it happens to her with with all of those challenges, you know, she still gets pregnant. Got it. So, okay. By the way, Steve was, his name is David... Eigenberg. Uh-huh. And I just wanted to double check this before this. I said this. He was born in New York, but his family moved to Illinois and they live in the suburbs of uh, Chicago, Evanston, Northbrook, Aurora, and finally Naperville. I thought you can say Elmhurst. Now I was going to get no, really No, that would excited. have been really cool. But hey, he's a local. Anyways, go I ahead. I love Steve. Yeah. You know I love Steve. Steve is on my list of best guys. Well, I'm not going to tell you. You don't have a lot to choose from, Todd. Um, I know. Well, there's quite a few guys. Well, they're. Oh, are you like talking about all? No, of their I'm guys? just gonna rank the the last five: Steve Smith, um, Aiden, Big, and Harry. Oh yes, I love them all. Um, so the other thing is that it gave women this show. You know, going back to why it was so important, it gave women a voice and a um a following, like where we started talking. And, and I'm not really into fashion that much. I have to be honest. Like I wasn't following Carrie's fashion sense necessarily, but there was something about their freedom and their willingness to live their lives the way they wanted to that I think freed us mentally. Mm-hmm. It wasn't about, I want to look like you. Yeah. Um, I, you just, here's the thing about TV and movies, and this is done so much better now, even though we've got a long way to go. You need to see yourself reflected somewhere. And so I often think about how challenging it must be, especially in the 80s and 90s, to be a person of color and watch TV because you're not seeing yourself anywhere. And Sex in the City, by the way, there's a lot of criticism yeah. of Sex in the City because there's not a lot of diversity right. at all. They, they kind of started doing that at the end, like, uh, Miranda has a relationship with Blair Underwood right before she and Steve get back together. but um, And that was at the insistence of, I think, Sarah Jessica Parker and Cynthia Nixon. Correct. And there is an episode that didn't fare so well where Samantha has a relationship with a really, um, really good-looking African-American man, um, and his sister doesn't like the relationship mm. and tells her and him to end it. And it's not – it's a little clunky. It's mm. not a great – like, it, it – it didn't work it. very well. Um, but it, you know, Friends was criticized for this too. Right. There was no diversity in Friends really, no. except till the end with Charlie and, you oh, know, yeah. Ross got That's together. Great. But it feels, you know, it doesn't feel natural. Yeah, forced. it feels, so um, it's better than nothing. Mm-hmm. But I, my point is, is that 
it was really nice to have this show and have someone telling at least a version of your life, a version of your stories. Even if you didn't find yourself 100% one of the characters, at least you could have a discussion about, yes, I know what that feels like. So I want to start with one of them that I don't know if it's a favorite of everybody's, but it's um, A Woman's Right to Shoes. Okay. It was season six, episode nine. And it's interesting, as I was going back figuring out which ones I liked the best, season four and season six were definitely my favorites. Okay. Because those were the ones that I had to really narrow down. I had a few in season two, but season four and season six. And A Woman's Right to Shoes um, was, uh, let's see, Tatum O'Neill was in it. Do yeah. you remember this one? It's John McEnroe's ex-wife. Yes. And, and she was also in Paper Moon. I was going to say, she's kind of on her own, Tatum O'Neill. Yeah. She's an Academy Award winner. and she's... Oh, did she win in Paper Moon or something yes, else? Yes, she won for Paper she Moon. She was a little girl. So this is an interesting story. So she's Ryan O'Neill's daughter. Ryan O'Neill does the this. The Farrah Fawcett guy. Correct. Okay. Ryan O'Neill does this movie, Paper Moon, has his daughter in it. Um, it's very, it's critically acclaimed. He might've gotten nominated for Academy Award too. I can't remember if he did, but she won mm. and he was pissed. Oh my God. They didn't the have a great a relationship. Case, I probably yeah. shouldn't say that, but he struggled. Well, he, I mean, when you say head case, not about mental illness, but about he had a temper. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he was, and maybe now we would have the right language right. to discuss, but when he was on the cover of People Magazine, it was usually because he had beat someone up or... You know, he and Farah's relationship or he and his daughter's relationship. I don't know if they ever mended it. <clears throat> but it was kind of weird. I remember that seeing Tatum O'Neill in this episode was kind of weird. Yeah, she won in Paper Moon and he, Madeline Kahn was nominated. Alvin Sargent. Yeah, but see, he didn't even get a nomination. He didn't. No. Okay. So, uh, yeah, he wasn't super happy. And FYI, uh, you know, he was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> or she was a kid so think yeah, about that like right. she wasn't even a young adult she was Upset like a child this, uh, this guy's fragile ego yes so in this episode basically it's just about Carrie and uh, going to her name's Kira in the show Tatum O'Neill's name is Kira going to her baby shower it's her third child um, she goes with uh, what's Willie uh, Garson's name in this show um Stanford. Okay. She and Stanford. And basically the show starts with her going all over New York, buying wedding presents for people, buying engagement gifts for people, buying baby gifts for people. I mean, and it's just like a montage of her going to all these stores and, you know, all these registries. The gist of it is that she goes to the party and she has to take her shoes off because, of course, the mom's like, you know, I she doesn't want dirt in the house. And she's wearing Manola Blahniks, which is a really nice she's shoe. She's a fancy shoe. It is. And she's also like, oh, this is my outfit. And they're like, sorry. Yeah. So, of course, she takes them off. At the end of the night, she goes back and they're not there. And the, the annoying part of this episode is like, Kira, Tatum O'Neill, like kind of doesn't care. Mm -hmm. She basically shames her and is like, you know, Carrie, like I have real things going on in my life and you're worried about your fancy shoes and they're just shoes and it's no big deal. And I remember, you know, and again, I, you and I were together by then, but we were not married during that episode, right. I don't think. And I remember feeling totally understanding the engagement gifts, wedding gifts, baby gifts yes. that I had done for 10 years. Right. Going to all of these parties. Like there was a period of time, like in my 20s, where everyone was getting married and I was single. And oh my God, it was. And when I'm saying it's exhausting, I don't need anyone to feel sorry for me. But there is a sense of. Well, and this every is time crazy. you go somewhere, it's a reminder. Like if, let's just say you're a person that wanted to get married and have babies, right. but you just hadn't found the right person. Every time you have to go to a wedding shower or a baby shower, it's a reminder like you're not where you want to be. 
you're not where you want to be and you are constantly celebrating other people. And like Kira is a good example, you know, Tatum O'Neill in that Carrie went to her engagement party. She went to her wedding. She went to the wedding was um, somewhere else. It was like a, what's that called? A destination wedding. Yeah. Then she had a kid, another kid, another kid. So Carrie figures out that she spent $2,000 on Kira. Over the past couple of years. Well, I just searched for Manola Blonics, and they're somewhere between $995 and $1,095. This pair, if I remember correctly in this episode, are 485 Got it. So she finally goes over there. Again, Carrie's like, you know, do you have my shoes? And Kira's like, oh, how crazy of me. I should have paid you for them since we haven't found them. And then when she tells them they're $485, Kira's like, I'm not going to give you that. Is that the clip we're going to play or no? Because you sent me a clip. Oh, on I it. did. Yeah. I can't remember what clip I sent you. There I think I no. I think I sent you the very end. Yes, I think. Which it is. is why don't you just play it? It was my very first wedding present. The fact is, sometimes it's hard to walk in a single woman's shoes. That's why we need really special ones now and then to make the walk a little more fun. All right, that's it. So basically, she, because Kira is unwilling to pay her, she decides to register for her. She's like, I'm getting married to me. Mm -hmm. And I've registered at Manolo Blahnik. And, you know, it's lovely because, you know, Kira goes to the store, orders the shit. She's like, is this all she registered for? Mm -hmm. She, of course, buys them. And it's a fun moment because it's a famous model who's giving her the Manolo Blahniks. I can't remember. But she, you know, Kira's with all of her kids. And she's like, um, can you really, can you, you know, you take care of your kids. We don't want them running around ah, the store. So, it's, so it kind of gives you the other tables side. Tables were turned. And it's not as if, I mean, here I am with three kids. It's not about shaming the mom or whatever. It's about giving you the flip side of people's lives. Because in that episode, there is a shaming of like Tatum O'Neill's characters. Like I have a real life. I have things I worry about. I'm important. And Carrie has a moment where she says, I have a real life. Yeah. First of all, I believe that there's people out there. But, you know, it was just very blatant that Tatum O'Neill's character was like, because I think she even said like, you know, I, everything you just said and like, you know, why would you spend that type of money? She's like, it? I'm not going to pay for your extravagant lifestyle. Yeah. And the best part is Carrie's like, you used to wear Manolo Blahniks. Yeah, what, what happened to you? Right. And here's the thing. When we get into excess, I know that I've never bought a pair of those shoes. Like, it's not that it's not about the shoes. It's the message of don't shame other people's lives mm. because I was so close. I was like... On the verge of Kira's life, but still completely feeling Carrie's life. Mm -hmm. And I could relate to that episode so much. It was like a breath of fresh air because there are people, Todd, who basically either come straight out of college or sometimes straight out of high school with the same partner. And they go through their early years with a partner. Mm -hmm. And then they get married right out of school, maybe like 24, 25. And they have no idea what, it, unless they get divorced later on, but those 20 something years, um, you know, like I was based, I mean, I dated people here and there, but basically completely single from like 22 to uh, until you and I got together, besides a few, you know, short lived relationships. A few trysts? A few. And so, and that, so what you're doing in that time is you are living on your own, you're working your butt off. I was going to grad school, getting paid nothing, getting paid nothing. Um, my friends were my family. And so that's why this show, a lot of us... We're alone. 
but yes, together. Exactly. We weren't alone. Right. That was the key is that, is that people would look at us and say, poor you, you're alone. Mm-hmm. But we weren't. You had your friends. And I never felt alone. there an episode alone. where Charlotte <clears throat> says, I know this is cheesy, but can't we be each other's soulmates Absolutely. and guys be these people that we live with or whatever? Absolutely. They had a bunch of episodes like yeah. that, you know, and, and they would have reckoning moments. Like I remember Carrie's 35th birthday. Um, it might have been season season five, episode one. I remember it was an opening episode and it was her 35th birthday. And she was like really excited to go out to dinner and everyone was planning her a party and she gets to the restaurant and nobody shows up. Do you remember that? I do. Like she had to pick up the cake by herself. They all went to the wrong restaurant. Some of them were held up by work and traffic. And she is, and she says, she has a big monologue where she's like, I am exhausted. I feel alone. They all had those moments. Like even Samantha has an episode where she has the flu mm-hmm. and she says, I am alone. Right. So I felt that way too. I mean, there are times when you are, you feel, um, and many people listening to this, either they are single or they are in college and, you know, we've got a lot of college students who listen, um, or they are divorced and going through this again, where you do, you are fine and you are with your friends, but you do have moments where you're like, this is scary mm-hmm. and that's okay. I you feel, know, I feel like I have a good transition for that, and that is the Miranda's mother's funeral episode. As far as well, that's one of my favorites, right? So go ahead. That I think if if I was to choose my favorite episode, it would be that one, which really? is my motherboard myself. Oh my god, yes! Did you watch? Did you rewatch it? No. So there's so many pieces to this, and and we've got too many things to talk about for me to focus too much on this episode. But <clears throat> excuse me. That episode is probably one of the best done Sex and the City episodes because it's funny, it's very sad, it's very um, connective, meaning you realize how much the girls love each other, and there's also loveliness from Steve and Aiden. Like, there's just a lot of love. Which happens at funerals. It does, but it's even before that. Oh, really? You know, like, there and there's some humor. Like, that's the one where Samantha is dating the wrestling coach. Okay. And, like, some of one of their... um, sex uh scenes is she's like wearing a singlet (laughs) and like yes that you know they added some humor to it um but something that's interesting about that episode todd is samantha after she finds out that miranda's mom died she can't have an orgasm Mm -hmm. and there's something very there's something going on with samantha sure where we can just say oh she was just sad but if you watch that episode when she is told that, some, that Miranda's mom dies, something happens in her. They never explain to you what Samantha's history is and what her background is, but there's something that she's grieving. Yeah. It's not just for her friend. It is for her friend, but it's not just... And then the other part is um, Carrie's computer dies. Oh, in the same episode? Yeah. Oh, so I remember that's my funny... motherboard myself. Oh. We'll be a, a couple of sad Max. Well, it's so funny because I haven't seen that episode in like 10 years or whatever, but I remember like everybody says, well, you backed up, didn't you? And she's like, when in the world did everybody figure out to back their computer up? And I was the only one who didn't do it. I know. And Aiden is like trying to help her and driving her crazy. And he does control alt delete, which is a PC thing and not a Mac thing. And they take it to, it's Asif Manvi, I think he's the computer guy and they take it to him. And, um, you know, Aiden's like, I did control alt delete. And Asif Madvi's like, uh, that's, he's like, that's PC. He's like, that's not compatible. And it's kind of a moment of yeah, those two aren't compatible, you know. Um, but anyway, 
so it's about her computer. She's not letting him help her. Miranda is not letting her friends help her. Right. Sometimes when we're in our deepest grief, we push people away because right. we don't want to be needy. Mm-hmm. And it's really and the other part of that um, episode that's really important is that. Miranda's family seems more sad that Miranda is single than about the mother passing away. Right. Like there's a lot of like confusion about who Miranda's with. Right. And so again, we can all as, you know, being a single gal prior to now, um, or anybody who is single, you can relate to that where people, you know, like in Bridesmaids, oh, this must be your fella. Yeah. It's like, no, it's just me. Um, I found the where her computer crashes and Aiden is trying to okay, help go her. Ahead. Hey, it always works on my computer. Well, let's uh, get your manual out. I don't. I don't have a manual. I I got rid of it in a feng shui attack. Oh my god! I want to kill myself. Just hang in there, sugar. This thing's just faking you out. That's all. Aiden, please, please just stop. T- stop touching it. Stop. Hold stop on. it. Because you don't know what you're doing. Just stop. Aiden's trying to be a nice guy. So he was probably eating chicken in bed. I found the awesome thing too, but I don't know how how far down this rabbit yeah, hole you want. We don't go. need to. Okay. Um, so it just jumping to the end, since we have so many things to talk about, it's probably one of the most beautiful ends to a Sex in the City episode. Right. Which is where um <clears throat> sorry, I'm it's this morning, Todd and I usually well, it's don't you're do... drinking the smoothie. Is that what it yes, is? Yes, that's why I didn't bring mine down. Does that happen to you? Yeah, they're like there's little seeds that get caught. I'm sorry. As a podcaster, I should know better. Than Sweetie, to be you've only been doing this for eight years. <laughs> I, I should have told you. I have you ex- had this experience before. I learned it from my podcast coach, Daniel J. Lewis. He said, "Don't drink smoothies." So do not drink smoothies around your podcast. Stop. Yeah, <laughs> I swear to God. Are you being real? I'm totally. Why? How? How, how can I make that up? That is hilarious. Yeah, he's like, it's just a, it's just a, don't do it. I have been choking this whole episode. Yeah. I, I blame you, smoothie. Drink the water. Um, okay, so at the very end of my mother, my motherboard, myself, um, Miranda is again. She's still trying to be strong. I can do this myself. And they get up to walk. You know, it's the processional where they get up to walk, and everybody in Miranda's family has a partner. Mm-hmm. You know, and she's walking down the aisle by herself and full, feeling the full grief of the loss of her mother because there's a whole story there too. Yeah. Um, and as she goes by Carrie, Carrie jumps up and walks with her, mm-hmm. which may not sound like a big deal in the way I'm saying it, but that's why the episode's so important. It's kind of a big deal. Like you're, I don't know, it, it is and it isn't. It It isn't because you help somebody that's in need, but you know, it's there's a processional. There's this a processional. is a church thing. Yeah. And you're disrupting the way it's supposed, it's supposed to go. It's supposed to be. I'm putting that in air quotes. And it's really lovely because she like holds her hand and kisses her hand. Like it's it's a loving, I love you. It's, it's we, you know. In a weird way, this is why I love funerals because there's so much love that gets, you know, we... We we take off our masks right. and we get vulnerable. Right. Um, I have the clip that you wanted me to yeah, play. Yeah, go ahead. So, there's the kind of support you ask for and the kind of support you don't ask for. And then there's the kind that just shows up. So then they show a picture of Aiden and Steve. That they you didn't know they were in the back of the church. Not only that, Steve is not in that episode at all. Which so is you awesome. haven't seen Steve's yeah. face in several episodes. Just got goosebumps. Me too. And so Aiden 
Carrie doesn't want Aiden to go with her yeah. because she wants to go with her friends. So he is so beautiful that he's like, I'm going to go anyway, mm-hmm. not bug you. Mm-hmm. Like he wasn't like, hey, I'm here. Yeah. And he and Steve go together. Yeah. It's very endearing and sweet in so many ways. Sarah Jessica, uh, Carrie, helping Miranda, and then the guy showing up. I mean, I, I love so many men in this series. Um, they so. did a good job with the men. And then in right before that, Samantha finally is able to say, she kind of mouths to Miranda. Miranda turns around and she says, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And then has a complete cathartic response. Oh. So Charlotte's holding her. Oh, so it. that's the thing is there's something going on with Samantha. Um, a lot of layers. In this a lot episode. of layers. And Miranda, there's a great, in within this episode where she's having to get a black dress and a bra for mm-hmm. the wedding. And she's in Philly where, where the, you know, funeral is and there's a woman who's trying to help her and it keeps coming in the dressing room and Miranda's totally pissed like you know it's kind of like a mother figure and then finally you know she yells at her and I think has a moment of realizing I'm never going to have this argument with my mom again Mm. so then when she finally does put on the bra she says to the woman well I guess you're right it does fit better like it's kind of like a Mm. moment of Oh, I'm that's sorry. Good. Yeah, it, it makes me want to rewatch that episode. You'll love it. Yeah, it, it's probably mean more to you now than it did then. For sure. Okay. Uh, where else? So <clears throat> the last episode that I want to talk about that I loved—that's not the season finale because the season finale is the best episode ever to me. I know there's a lot of people who don't think so, but sweetie, what about Lost? <laughs> I'm talking about this show. What about Parks? Oh, I thought you said best finale ever. Best. Well, I. Again, I agree. It's it's top five, but it's not best. It, to me, it was. I thought they did a great job. I have done a lot of reading since then, and you know, still articles pop up about Sex in the City, and people didn't like it, but I loved it. But an episode that I loved, uh, season four, episode two, was called "The Real Me," and it was about <laughs> it was. You know, Carrie loves fashion. She loves Vogue. And she gets this opportunity because she's, a, and I'm putting this in quotes, real New Yorker to be a model in a fashion show. They're trying to get all these real New Yorkers to, like, I remember they had the, um, you know, the mayor in it. You know, it was all these stars and um, these New York stars. And so she's very excited. And I'm just jumping to the end because that's really the big part. Um, and she figures out when she gets there that what she's modeling is like a pair of underwear. Mm. And she's like, I don't want to do it. They talk her into it and they give her this cool jacket and make her hair really big. And, you know, Alan Cummings is in it. Oh, that's who, the guy from, from uh, The Good Wife. The Good Wife, right. And so many other things, but we lo- I love him. Yeah. I just think he's the greatest. And he's in it. And she, you know, it's all this build up to this moment. She even has Samantha come backstage just to make sure that she, because she doesn't want to be a poser. She's like, I don't really want to be a model. They asked me to be, and do I look stupid? And Samantha, who tells the truth about everything, is like, oh, you look amazing. Like, this is going to be so great. So all of her friends are there, and she's all excited, and she's going to walk out on stage, and she walks out, and she falls. Mm -hmm. And I... I think about this episode so often. I've even told my girls about it. They they seem very uninterested in Sex in the City. Well, especially first of all, it's probably dated. Yeah. Second of all, they certainly don't want to talk to you about it. I mean, generally speaking, you know, yeah, kids so. usually don't want to watch movies about sex. I remember my sister telling me that she went to see about last night with my mom. Right. And it was just pretty awkward. I guess so. And it's not like my youngest should be watching the show, but the episodes that I I talk to my girls about, it's not a it's not the sexual episode. Right, it's the other. It's a relationship. It's these moments. Um but basically, actually I think I have a clip. Yes, you do. Yeah, Ready? Mm-hmm. Stop fucking taking my picture. I had a choice. I 
I could slink off the runway and let my inner model die of shame. Or I could pick myself up, flaws and all, and finish. And that's just what I did. Because when real people fall down in life, they get right back up and keep on walking. Is that good? That's good. All right. So, again, not that I'm ever going to be on a runway. This is not a concern. Sweetie, you're in my runway. <laughs> Thanks. But I just like the idea of it. these, again, this show did a good job showing women and their flaws and that sometimes they fall down. We're so used to this now. Like, people are like, yeah, that's in every movie. This was new. Mm -hmm. This was like... Carrie looked great, and you were like, oh, my gosh. And even with that, and she's someone who can walk in heels, mm -hmm. she falls on her face. Well, you answered the question that I had yet to ask, which is I did a little teeny bit of research in getting ready for this podcast, and this was so popular among like the top five moments it was? Or, okay. or episodes. And I'm like, all right, so she fell on her ass, and she got up. What's the big deal? And you're saying this is why it's a big deal, because we don't see, you know— we don't see women who have that that full that sometimes you're like I'm gonna do this this is gonna be so great and you end up looking like an idiot and in that moment you have a choice yes you're like I'm either gonna be like I shouldn't have done this in the first place why'd someone make me do this blame other people or you stand up and you keep going and she and the way she owned the rest of she the walk up and down the and runway. I think Heidi Klum walked by her and like yeah. slapped her hand and her friends Miranda's like. Like yes. they're all trying to be really supportive yeah. because it's like embarrassing. Yeah. I mean, it's in front of everybody. Yeah. And so it's just a moment. It's like a cathartic moment for all of us who have had those moments. Kind of like, and this is different, but Jennifer Lawrence, didn't she trip totally. walking up the stairs and to get like, her Oscar? You guys just feel sorry for me because I just fell. <laughs> like, that's just a great thing to say. Yeah. Like instead of, oh my God, I'm such an idiot. Like there's something that I heard. She's, she's just a strong woman she just has a great personality yeah. when it comes to stuff like that like i think a lot of women are strong sure. and what they say doesn't necessarily say you're strong or not strong but there's something about just being able to own every part of yourself yeah. that i find very um uh it, it's inspiring to sure. me and that is one of those moments where carrie does care what people think carrie does love fashion she does love shoes and she prides herself on being this certain person and she lost all of it in like one second for a moment not lost it forever right but she was able to get back up and i just really like that scene at our very first zen parenting conference i played that scene oh really i did oh mm -hmm. i didn't remember that i did i played like i played a whole montage of different scenes that I loved yeah. but that was one of them um, should we go because you also have a few other scenes Miranda tells Steve I love you oh I forgot about that one yeah Do you, uh, we, talk you about and that? I watched that the other night we did yeah oh I don't remember. This is the Brady's birthday party where oh, Steve's so yeah, excited yeah, yeah, about yeah, yeah. He's like, look at this candle. Yes. So why don't you talk, as long as we're going, I think this episode is called One. Um, let's see. Yeah, it's called One. So and let's play the clip first. Or Well, we? let me set it up just a Go little ahead. bit. A, a bunch of things happen in this episode. Um, Charlotte finds out she's pregnant, but then has a miscarriage, mm -hmm. which is devastating. Um Miranda's son Brady, Miranda and Steve's son Brady is turning one, and Miranda is dating um, Blair Underwood, which I think his name is like Dr. Leeds or something. He's got a first name, Robert Leeds. And 
Steve is dating Debbie. Remember Debbie? No. Who is kind of a lot more like Steve. She's more like a Bronx girl, mm. and Steve's mom loves her. Mm. And, you know, Miranda's so different than Steve, yet they're very compatible. Sure. Um, so all – and Miranda realizes she loves Steve. She, you, and didn't – isn't this the one where Blair Underwood's character did the cookie and that said, I love yes. you, and she had yet to respond to it? She's like, it was so great. What does she say? I can't remember. But yeah, she can't. And she thinks that she doesn't know how to love. Mm -hmm. But the truth is she loves a person that she's not admitting that she loves. So, And I can't remember what's going on with Samantha and Carrie in this one. Um, But this is a good Harry episode. Mm -hmm. Remember? Because... Charlotte has a miscarriage and Harry and she can't go to the party because mm. she's sad. And Harry shows up by himself. Oh yeah. Remember? Yet another um more evidence. And it's the funny thing. I feel like of course they paint certain guys with an awful brush, Mr. Big being one of them for most of the series. He's mm-hmm. just a kind of a jerk. But the other four, especially the way they ended the series, I mean, I know they show some of the flaws in Steve and Aiden and Harry and Smith, but I feel like they do a better job of showing these men in their in their beauty and their gold and their their positive attributes and the women are more human. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, oh it's they kind of give you the flip side of what a show typically is. Yeah. It, the, Here's a hairy thought that I have. I was thinking this. Uh, a hairy thought. A hairy thought. That's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. So Harry Goldenblatt. So Harry and Charlotte get together because Charlotte and Trey are getting a divorce and Harry becomes her lawyer. She chooses him because he's a tough lawyer. Like he's willing to like fight, right? And when they first meet, he kind of grosses her out. Like yeah. he's sweaty. He's got a hairy back. Yeah, he's got a hairy back. He kind of grosses her out. They have a whole storyline. So, he walks around naked. Well, and that's the thing I was going to tell you about is by the time he walks around naked, they are already together and married. Mm-hmm. Married. And what's so great about that episode is he's, he keeps leaving the tea bags yeah. places. Yeah. Is he's walking around naked and he'll sit on the white couch. But in the background while she's watching him, he's on the phone yelling at people. <laughs> so it's like Harry is a sweetheart and he's walking around he's naked. Also a bulldog. But he's still that lawyer. Mm-hmm. It's not like because he met Charlotte, now he's not a jerky lawyer. Yeah. He's like, and you will call me back. Well, and let's just think about how many guys... Now, were Harry and Charlotte married in this episode? Yes. Oh, they were. I was going to say, because I thought he was a boyfriend. But I could just see husbands being like, oh, I'm out. I don't have to go to this one-year-old birthday party. I get to watch the game in the basement or go to the bar with my buddies because my wife just had a miscarriage. Right. And Harry instead goes to this party. Of course. Like, he's... And he's... It's so great because they're so happy to see him. They're like... He's like, hey, he's got the big present. He's just a sweetie. And um, so, yeah, like they, you know, when you're talking about the men, you do get to see their beautiful side, but it's not like Harry became a different person. No. And all of them still have their quirks and challenges. And, you know, Steve can still, I mean, there was a whole episode when Steve and Miranda were together about how he wasn't really doing much. Remember, he was like, you know, he wasn't really cleaning, very emotional laborish yeah. stuff. She had started doing his laundry and she mm. was finding like skid marks. Skid marks on his underwear. <laughs> like these are human beings, yeah. you know? But in this one, um, finally, there's also a, I think, um, what's her name? Samantha's storyline is she finds a gray pubic hair. Uh-huh. Do you remember that she yeah. dyes her pubic hair? Right. So you you remember this, yes, correct? Yes, I, okay. I do. I do. So anyway... This yeah, is this is the one. <laughs> I'm not going to go into that storyline. Right. Um, but then at the very end, the clip you're going to play is that uh, Miranda is like realizing, like she's watching Debbie 
talk with, I think Debbie actually comes up to her, that's um, Steve's girlfriend, and says, I'm just so happy this all worked out. You know, you're with Robert, I'm with Steve, I just love him. And that kind of makes Miranda's heart break. Uh. So she goes into the closet to get the cake, and then I think this is when this scene happens. Wait till you see what I got here. Look at that, huh? He's holding a, a candle that says the number one <laughs> like for the birthday cake. He's yeah. so excited. Whereas Miranda has just the regular candle. Right. I love you. I love you, Steve. I'm sorry. I should never have said that. It's just that I love you and I fucked everything up and now it's too late. I'm sorry I'm doing this. I'm sorry. Please don't look at me. I love you too. You do? I mean, come on. What about Debbie? I know, but... Miranda, you're the one. We're getting the candle! Hello, where is Kate? Will you look at the candle that Steve brought? That was Magda. I love and Magda. And Magda knows exactly what she, just happened. Magda is is like she's, Miranda's mom. She's the elder energy in the show. She is. And and regardless of how you feel about Magda in this episode or when we first meet her and she's like hiding all the vibrators and stuff, she by the end, like in the very last episode, is so important yeah. as far as recognizing the change that Miranda has gone through. That's the part that makes me cry in the very last episode the most is Miranda's change. Mm-hmm. Because skipping to that, which is the season finale, part two, because there's in the season finale, there's part one where she goes to Paris with um, Petrovsky. Mm -hmm. And then part two is basically the unraveling of that relationship and her getting home. But that's Carrie. But Miranda, what's going on with her is she and Steve are obviously married and they have moved to Brooklyn. And Mary, um, Steve's mom, is struggling with Alzheimer's. And Miranda is having to help her. And again, you just know Miranda's character. This is not something she... Nobody wants to do it. It's not about want, but it's not doesn't come naturally to her. Mm-hmm. But she does it very beautifully, and Magda recognizes that because she actually is giving her a bath at the end. Miranda is giving Mary a bath. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? No. And then Magda, and then the next scene you see after she's giving because she uh, Miranda finds Mary walking around eating trash mm-hmm. out of the garbage, and so Miranda walks her home, gives her a bath, and then the next scene you see Miranda is sitting like somewhere reading and is exhausted and Magda comes over and just says, you love, Mm, you know, kind of like it's very, um, she needed to hear that. She did. And she kind of shakes it off, but is like, Magda's just pointing out, like, I see what you're doing because here she is, you know, now she's bathing his, her husband's mom, sick mom's body. And, and the Miranda that we met in season one, that would have been unfathomable. So, that's to me what I've realized going back through this show, Todd, mm-hmm. is that Miranda's who meant the most to me. Isn't that oh, interesting? Really? Yeah. Like they all meant is a it ton because to me. Of where she started and where she ended. Yes. Yes. Who who ended in a 
in the most different place? And maybe your answer is going to be Miranda. And who kind of stayed the most same? Or did they all I think all Charlotte change? stayed the most same. I think the thing about Charlotte that changed was the fact that she would choose someone like Harry, even though I don't think it's that crazy because he was still a very successful, um, well-thought-of person. He just wasn't... Uh, he didn't... He wasn't a typical beautiful man. Well, and what's interesting is, you know, you've actually made this comment. There's so many, like, sitcoms where it's like this old, you know, middle-aged fat white guy who's like 47 mm-hmm. and this beautiful 33-year-old right. model, and they're supposed to be married. Right. And it always seems to go that way. Right. And whereas this is the opposite, where it is, you know, the young, attractive woman going for... um Oh, it's the same it, thing. It did the go same the same way. So I was the only say. flip side is the John Lennon-Yoko Ono thing. Because John Lennon could have dated anybody he wanted. Mm-hmm. And he dated, you know, all due respect to Yoko Ono, but she wasn't the prototypical model that most rock stars date. Mm-hmm. So so anyways, this just kind of falls into Well, that. and she is a beautiful woman, but she maybe wasn't what everybody expected Correct. her to be, considering who he had been married to before and considering who his uh, bandmates were marrying. Right. You know what I mean? She That's was just I mean. different. And yeah. he was, I'm getting off on a John Lennon tangent, but he was more interested in what they were going to do together yeah. to save the world, sure. you know? I was going to compare like, Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt, but that's not a quite the exact same thing. Two pretty good thing. looking people. Though. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not the same thing, but I really think, I, I don't even want to talk about that whole triangle with Jennifer Aniston and everything, but I think when those two got together, it was less about you're good looking, I'm good looking, and more about they both had a mission that they mm-hmm. that they just happened to come together at a time, even if it was poorly done mm-hmm. because he was married and it was yucky. They just... You know, I just remember reading an article about Brad Pitt like six months before all this happened, and maybe he had already met her because they were filming Mr. and Mrs. Smith, and him saying, I want to change the world, and I want to do this, and I want to do this. And here's Jennifer Aniston, who's like starting her movie career, and she wasn't even sure she wanted to get pregnant yet. And I could just see how he could meet Angelina Jolie, who's in the midst of like all of this, you know, this um, humanitarianism all over the world where he's like, that's where I want to go. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. Um, I'm just saying I found that interesting. So anyway. Not bad choices for Brad Pitt. That's all I got to say. Well, exactly. But interesting that he's not with anyone. Is he dating anybody right now? I have no idea. But I think what we learned from the breakup with Angelina Jolie is that he had an addiction problem. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that has been resolved or if that was an issue in previous relationships. But, you know, I was listening to an interview with Gwyneth Paltrow because they were engaged for a time, too. And she was really loving. Brad Pitt seems to date attractive women. Yeah, Juliet Lewis, he dated her. Juliet Lewis from Christmas Vacation? Uh-huh. Oh wow. Or from Natural Born Killers or from I mean yeah. she had a little more than Christmas She's Vacation. She's Audrey from Christmas <laughs> She's Vacation. Audrey. She is not the Audrey. The Audrey is the very first vacation. And the second Audrey from European died cuz she was diabetic. Oh, Dana something. Yeah. Yeah, that was sad. It's hilarious, you know, the first name of the woman, the girl who played Audrey from European Vacation. Well, because she was in People magazine a lot. She was like an advocate for other things. She was diagnosed with something when she was really young, Dana something. Anyway, didn't she... Didn't she love Jack? I miss Jack. Yeah, and that was, was Johnny. Jack was Johnny. Oh, my God. Like, yeah. my brain is exploding right now. People don't know what you're talking about. Okay, in European Vacation, Audrey's boyfriend is... What's his name? Billy. What's what's Johnny's name from Karate Kid? What's his real name? William. The actor. I know. I don't know. 
it's it starts with a Z. Um, just look it up for me. Right. But anyway, Todd and I are big fans of the TV show Cobra Kai. Right now it's off, meaning that they've already done season one and season two and we're waiting for season three. Um, but if you haven't watched Cobra Kai... Um, you should go back and watch it. It's on YouTube, and it's a really kind of funny um, TV show based around the Karate Kid, and the lead of it is Johnny from the Karate Kid, who is, his name is Billy. I, I don't know. I'm still kind of trying to find the God, I Miss Jack clip. God, I Miss Jack. I mean, when me and Jack got together, we had both been like, well, you know, seeing other people. But, like, this is different, because, like, Debbie's my best friend and all, don't you think? Oh. <sighs> It's so good to have somebody to talk to. I mean, my parents mean well and all, but I try and tell them stuff, and they just don't seem to know what I'm talking about. What are you talking about, hon? <laughs> you see? His name is William Zabka. I was going to say Xander, but that didn't sound right. And so what's so funny about Johnny from the 80s is that he's obviously in The Karate Kid and Karate Kid 2, at least at the beginning. Then he's in Just One of the Guys. Mm-hmm. And then he's in European Vacation. Like, he, the guy is in everything. He's always the good-looking, punky boyfriend. Yes. Or the or the jerk. Like, yeah. the villain. Punky. Punky. Yeah. Yeah. Punky. Not punky Bruce. <laughs> I was going to say punky. I don't know if that works. So, okay. So, I think we can just finish up with these episodes. And I will say that I, with the uh, season finale, loved it. Not only did I love Miranda's arc, I absolutely loved Samantha's arc Mm -hmm. with she had gone through breast cancer, Smith had been by her side, and in this final episode, she had been unable, it was similar to, um, similar plot line to when Miranda's mom died, she hadn't been able to orgasm because she had been going through chemo, Mm -hmm. and they completely were talking about it. There's actually a scene where he says to her, it's okay, like, they said this was going to happen with the chemo, it'll come back, you know, everything you're set, your desire will come back, and, um... Charlotte is adopting her daughter. So that's her big scene. But the scene with Smith like flying back just to tell Samantha that he loves her Mm -hmm. is such a great scene because she doesn't say, I love you back. Yeah. She says, she says, let me think for a second. You have meant more to me than any man I have ever known. She couldn't say, I love you back. Why not? You know what, Todd? What that sentence is more powerful to me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's, I mean, and he actually has like a great reaction. Like that to him is better. Think about that sentence. You have meant more to me than any man I have ever known. Mm. That's a beautiful thing to say. Yeah. Um, And then Carrie, of course, um, the whole big thing, which I don't super buy it. I got to be honest, everybody. I don't buy it. Mm. I don't see how big has this huge turnaround, but I'll take it. Um, And then we find out his real name. John James, John, John James Preston. Yes. I knew that. Um, we actually don't know his full name till the movie, but we know his name is John. Oh, that's true. Mm-hmm. It just says John. And I read in the trivia that I was kind of going through that they were so busy with uh, producing the last show, uh-huh. they didn't think really hard about it. And it was kind of an off-the-cuff, just say, just break John. Just throw it in. Just throw it it's in. It's a great American name. I figured it would be like, you know, they went through 10 different names and they surveyed people and they just, the director, whoever it was, Darren Starr. Or it was Michael Patrick King. That guy. Uh-huh. And they just said, yeah, just put John in. Well, and, you know, think about it. That's my dad's name. That's mm-hmm. your brother's name. That's my nephew's middle name. It's such a it's such a traditional yeah, name. It, it totally fit. It does. Yeah. 
Um, okay, you, that's, you, those are my shows. You wanted me to play a clip of the final ending. You want me to do that one? Yes. All right. Because this is the very end. Later that day, I got to thinking about relationships. There are those that open you up to something new and exotic. Those that are old and familiar. Those that bring up lots of questions. Those that bring you somewhere unexpected. Those that bring you far from where you started. And those that bring you back. But the most exciting, challenging, and significant relationship of all is the one you have with yourself. And if you find someone to love the you you love. Napa. The house is on the market. Look out, New York. I'm a coming. Well, that's just fabulous. Is that good? Yes. Sweetie, why are you crying? I always cry at the end of that show. Why? I don't know. <laughs> I think because... Um, I think that song... Are you crying? <laughs> There's no crying! There's no crying in baseball. <laughs> There's something about, first of all, that song. Uh, Candy Staten sang that song, and I had it on my, um, I think it was my iPod at the time. I think I could have like 12 songs on my iPod at the time. And that I, it was, uh, and again, I didn't know the song till that show, uh, till I saw this episode, but I could just listen to it and just remember that end because I was very sad to say goodbye to these people, mm. you know? <laughs> That's okay. You can have a hard time. And I just think, like, where I was in my life, um, I JC was a baby. That, like, time of my life was over. Um, I was just sad. I was just having to say goodbye to my friends. Mm. I very rarely watched that last episode. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Like, they were gone. Yeah, well, it's weird. Like, things change. Yeah. You can't keep, you know, I love my college years, but if I went back to college mm -hmm. just with my buddies, even for a weekend, I would want to be back where I was, yeah. but where I was is no longer there, even Correct. though the geography is still there. Correct. You can go into Lincoln Park with your girlfriends for a night out, but it's not the same. And, you know, it had followed, just like Friends had followed a trajectory of my life. Friends started much earlier, like I think in 94. So I, it had been, like, I remember I completely followed the trajectory of Friends where like you and I got, like you and I fell in love at the exact same time that Chandler and Monica got together. Chandler Bomb. And, you know, like the, it was, I, the trajectory was a lot more exactly what I was going through. Yeah. But there was something about Sex in the City that was deeper. Mm -hmm. And like I understood, um, it was just deeper. And I was very sad. And when the uh, movie came out, it was hard. It 
to kind of I it took me like a good 30 minutes into that movie to feel like these people were really back mm. I didn't I'd give the movie like a B I I ended up liking the movie I liked the I I liked it but it wasn't the same and Sex in the City 2 was like, bad yeah well you it know, was bad it's it was a little sad when they came out with the movie because the finale ended so well. That's what I mean. Like, I remember the opening to Sex in the City. And I remember being in the movie theater and they did the HBO thing, yeah. that thing you played at the beginning. And I remember I was so excited. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, oh, my God. Like, like think about what I just said to you. Like, I, I was so sad when this ended. And then you're like, oh, my God, it's back. But I couldn't get into it. It's kind of like you <laughs> going back, like I just said, going back to college when you're 24. Five. It's, yeah. You're still there, but you're not there. It's not the same. And it was all heightened. You know, everyone was together and their clothes were fancier. And yeah. it just, it was a movie version. It, and, it, and I don't want to rip it down. I ent- I had a good time watching Sweetie, it. Sweetie, why don't you go ahead and rip down Sex and the City Part 2? Oh, that movie was so bad. I, and again, for those of you who disagree, you know, who just enjoyed seeing the girls, I get it. I mean, I love them too. Um, and again, let me say this because I'm getting all sobby about it. I have a lot of criticism for this show, too. I have gone back, you know, when I'm watching it on repeat on TBS or when I'm pulling it up on Amazon Prime, some of them don't hold up. Mm. You know, some of the episodes, I'm like, that's dumb. I can't believe that used to affect me or... um, Yeah. It, they're not all it's it wasn't perfect mm-hmm. nothing is and a lot of it didn't age very well um but for the most part it's just it's less about the move or it's less about the show and more about my life at the correct. time correct correct right, right. so um so anyway let's do something else um so i just want to mix it up and play one really funny part <laughs> <laughs> and i think you know what part i'm about to okay. play um once i explain what it is um matthew mcconaughey did a cameo oh, yeah, they, when they go to LA. And I don't even know what's going on in this episode. I think I've only seen it once and it was 15 years ago. Yeah. But I remember this part okay. because he's talking to her. And here we go. I like it. I really do. Well, oh my God. Well, thank you, Matthew McConaughey. You're welcome. Carrie Bradshaw. <laughs> now, here's what I've been thinking about. How do we get your column to translate to the silver screen? And I think I've got the answer. Now, what if we flush out the central relationship? Hmm? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Central relationship. Carrie and Mr. Big, huh? I don't see why they couldn't make it work. I couldn't believe it. I flew 3,000 miles to have Matthew McConaughey ask the same question I've been asking myself for years. I mean, look at him. I mean, he is such a great guy. I mean, I don't know anybody any cooler than Mr. Big. My only question, really, is... What the fuck is Carrie's problem? Oh, you know? What, what, what do you think? Well, um, I don't, I don't particularly think it was it was just her problem, because, um, well, I, actually, he had some, you know, commitment issues. Oh, that's bullshit, Carrie. You know it. <laughs> Kidding. I'm acting. Huh? <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> yes, but do you see what I mean? That's why I want to develop the story. With oh, he's I, so funny. I freaking love McConaughey. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I remember what, reading something about that scene, and she had no idea that he was going to erupt like that. Oh, my God. And so when you see uh, um, Carrie, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker, her reaction, that's real. Like, yeah. oh, my gosh. So anyways, I just love that freaking part. I don't know why. I just, I mean, for as much as that guy gets made fun of, and I know he 
gets made fun of a lot. Mm-hmm. But I think, so, well, you and I are big True Detective fans. Mm-hmm. Like, he's great. Mm-hmm. And his speeches, as, as convoluted as they are, they're kind of deep. Yeah. He's funny. Um, so I want to give my my top five guys. Okay. No, six guys. And maybe like one sentence about each one of them. Okay. Even though I don't have no idea what I'm about to say. Okay. So my sixth favorite guy was Burger, played oh. by who? Ron Livingston. Ron Livingston. Um, and obviously the only thing that people remember about Burger is how he broke up with Carrie. Correct. On a post-it note. Do you mm-hmm. remember what that post-it note said? I, it, I think it said, I can't, I'm sorry, or something to that effect. It, it said, I'm sorry, I can't, don't hate me. Don't hate me. <laughs> I mean, he was such a wimp. And what was cool about that relationship is that they were obviously so good outside the bedroom. Correct. Like they had great banter right. with one another. Well, they were both writers, but she was more successful than him. So, yes, and that's what was the demise of the Correct. relationship, because he, uh, you know, once again, fragile male ego. Yeah. So I guess they do sometimes throw men under the bus. Well, on that show. Oh my gosh, they throw men under the bus a lot. I know. I think they raise these men that you're talking about, but there's a lot of men who, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's my sixth. My fifth one is big. I don't understand what the big allure about big is. Yeah, I don't get it. He treated her like crap. Like, what's I the know. big? I know he ended good. I know, but six seasons does not balance out his his light bulb moment where he realizes he's in love with Carrie. Well, and that's kind of why at the very end, you want them to end up together. It feels good because, you know, Carrie loves him and there's a lot of tension. Um, It's all good, but you're right. Like some of the episodes, like an episode that I love that I think is from season two Mm -hmm. about 20 something women and 30 something women where he had gone to Paris and she wanted to visit him and he's like, no, they break up. And then he comes back and he's engaged to Natasha. She She runs into them on the beach that's horrible. Mm-hmm. Like they're his. Now, Chris Noth would say, because I've read things that he's said about this, and he thinks he was always honest with her, mm. which you and I have like a history with that kind of relationship too, sure. where, you know, Todd would always say, because Todd and I got together back and forth and back and forth. And Todd would say, I was always very honest with you. Right. But I had a little more of a carry thing where I'm like, when is this going to happen? Yeah. Um, and Chris Noth is like, he never lied to her. I mean, I think the Paris thing he did. But so I don't really want to plead his case too much because I don't get it. But that's the thing about love. Like, why are we attracted to who we're attracted to? Yeah. Um, and it's and it's law and order guy. Yeah. Law and order. Um, the fourth guy I say is Steve. I love Steve. He's kind of a lovable guy. Yeah. He's from Chicago. Bartender. Bartender. And, you know, like you said earlier... There's a piece of me even in Burger. Of course. And there's a piece of me in Big, and there's a piece of me in all these men. Correct. But yeah, Steve, I don't really have any great moments of Steve. I just thought he was just a very soft, sensitive, nice guy. He was the beta male. He was. Well, and the great thing about Steve is that he always loved Miranda. And so you could, even when they weren't together, you knew Steve loved Miranda. Mm -hmm. You knew, even when he was dating other people, you knew he loved Miranda. Like, and that's very, that's fantastic. And, he knew he had what it takes to love Miranda. Here's Miranda. She's a lawyer. She's really high profile. She's and he he wasn't like that, but he didn't feel that he wasn't good enough for yeah. her. You know what I mean? I do. I love that. He was strong. Um. So my third is Harry. I love Harry. I don't know why I put Harry in front of Steve, but he's just awesome. Like that birthday thing you just said. Uh huh. How he just showed up. That's so great. And he's so good to Charlotte, and he loves her. Now, like he had bad moments too. 
Um, but for the most part, he was a, um, he was a, just, he, again, he loved her and he took care of her and he let her be her. I know. Um, so that leaves two. <laughs> and um, you're going to be surprised because I flip-flopped the last two. Oh my God, you put Smith first? And this is why. First of all, I've spent the last 15 years of my life telling Kathy how much I loved Aiden because I feel like I'm the most like Aiden. Okay. Nice, friendly, upbeat. You eat KFC in bed? I eat KFC in bed. Rub my belly. Uh, he's so, and it's funny. I actually want you to talk me off the ledge because the, this is why I put Smith first. Okay. Because of the big moments. He, I don't feel like Aiden had as many big moments as Steve. Oh, and, Smith as Smith. I'm sorry, as Smith. And, and these are the big moments I'll offer that Smith did. The one that you just talked about when he flew from his movie shoot to go just tell uh, Samantha that he and loved her. And she said, what are you doing? And he said, I came to tell you I loved you. And she's like, you flew all that way. And he says, can so, you think of a better reason? Exactly. It's a great moment. And then the other one is when Richard broke up with Samantha. <sighs> yes, yes. And he knew that Samantha chose the guy from the Warriors, Ajax, <laughs> I think is it? Not Ajax. I forget which what the character's name was, but the guy from the movie The Warriors played Richard yes. from Sex and the City. Yeah. And and she was choosing this guy who treated her like crap to go have sex with him instead of Smith. Yeah, she goes to the party with Smith, Richard's there, and yeah. she chooses to go upstairs with Richard. And 99.9% of the guys would go get drunk or go to a strip club or go hook up with somebody or else. Be done. Or be done or just go home, whatever. And he stayed there predicting that it wouldn't go well. Samantha walks down the stairs or gets off the elevator she's devastated. crying, mm -hmm. devastated. And she looks up at him and he says something like, I just want to make sure you got home okay. Oh, Smith. Does it get any better than that? I know. And then the last thing is when he, in a moment, started shaving his head. Totally, yeah. Because Samantha had cancer. And she was losing her hair. And she thought that he wouldn't think he's beautiful. And Smith is this unbelievably good-looking guy mm -hmm. with this beautiful hair. And he shaves his head. And he says, as soon as I'm done, you're next. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. It just does it. That's such a unbelievably loving, thoughtful, romantic. And that's what every woman wants from her man. Absolutely. And it's unpredictable because Smith, we're introduced to him as a waiter in a raw food restaurant. Yeah. He's good looking. You think he's kind of dumb. You think he's kind of young. Yep. And what they do with his character is they make him emotionally intelligent. Yep. They make him brilliantly emotionally intelligent because you have to be smarter than Samantha to stay with Samantha. Sure. Meaning in that emotional intelligence arena, which yeah. a lot of people tend to be. But what I mean is that he, you had to have something special if you were going to stay with Samantha. Right. So I feel a little That's disloyal. That's really interesting. Well, Aiden... Um Aiden is, he's more funny. I think that's why I liked Aiden so much. He's funny, he's lighthearted. What you do, where you go? Where you go, what you do? <laughs> and then he refers to, you know, he has the Bjorn on. Uh -huh. for, and they, I think they named his kid Tate. Tate. Mm -hmm. like, tater Tot, we call him Tater Tot. <laughs> um, I don't know, I that's also who I aspire to be. Like this upbeat, fun-loving... You know, and he's not motivated by money. He like builds tables, whatever it yeah, is that he does. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, And he's got Pete. And he's got Pete the dog. Yeah. Well, you know, I remember um, hearing some people talk about Aiden. Why does Aiden live in New York? 
Um, I don't know. I know he doesn't like it. He likes to go in the forest, Correct. in the woods. He's a weird New Yorker. Yeah, he's like a lumberjack guy. He is. Like, there is, you know, even Steve. I, I know why Steve's there. Mm. Obviously, I know why Smith is there. Yeah. Obviously, I know why Harry's there. Aiden's kind of a interesting New Yorker. Right. And maybe, I don't live in New York, so maybe people who live in New York are like, no, he's not. He's very typical. But in the show, he kind of stood out. Yeah. You know, like he loves solitude and he loves being a lumberjack guy. A few little uh, tidbits before I ask you the trivia questions. Okay. John Corbett, also known as Aiden, secretly knew that Carrie would end up with Big. He said, I always knew how it was going to end and it made sense to me because New York is a fifth character in the show, he confessed. And Carrie needed to end up with New York. Mr. Big is New York and it always made sense to yeah, me. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, Matthew McConaughey was the fourth choice for the infamous cameo. The other three were... Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin, George Clooney, Warren Beatty, and then Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> Alec Baldwin would have done that well. Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker and Kim Cattrall have been battling feud rumors for years. It's been rumored that SJP and Kim Cattrall didn't get along on set. Yeah, it's old rumors. But Parker has confirmed the rumors are completely false. False. It used to really confound me and really upset me because we were part of a family with HBO hit Sopranos and nobody ever questioned the relationship of the men on that show. And nobody ever said to them, did you hang out in the weekend with each other? Did you give each other Christmas presents? Really upsets me for a long time. And it reminds me of a story. Um, who is Who plays uh, James Gandolfini's wife in Sopranos? Edie Falco. Um, she says loving things about him, but she said, I didn't really know him no, that they well. they didn't know each other. They knew each other as characters. Now, you got to stop on that one, and that's outdated. Okay. Because Tell me. Uh, last year, when they were talking about doing Sex in the City 3, they ended up not doing Sex in the City 3, which might have been a good thing. And Kim Cattrall got a lot of the backlash for that. Um, but she said she told them way long ago that she wasn't interested in doing Sex in the City 3. Uh, a lot of people were tweeting that she was trying to strike a deal that if she did Sex and the City three, she would always she would also get something else with it. And when that didn't work, she said no. People were angry with her. She kind of fought back, went on some talk shows, and said things like they were never my friends anyway. Um, did I she never really wanted- say that. Yeah. Oh my god. And then her brother died. Okay. And Sarah Jessica Parker tweeted something like I love you and or I'm thinking of you. And she tweeted back, do not use this as an occasion to pretend oh my that you are my friend. So, so the, the rumors are true. Well, and I don't know if it was like that on set. Like what they would always say is on set that there was fighting. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's true. I, you know, I think this is what's hard with women is there probably was, but that's normal. Yeah. Like, haven't you ever been in a workplace where you're annoyed at this person this day? And well, you're not as family members. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's like women get called like caddy or when on the Sopranos, like you said, they didn't really even talk, but nobody was worried about that right. because it's a group of men. Right. So I don't like those rumors. I don't like that women get, you know, that get thrown into that dumb gossip, but it didn't lay out too well last mm, year. That's too bad. I know. And you know what? As of now, things may be fine. Yeah. But this was on Twitter. Don't so, you think if things were fine, you'd know about uh, it? Probably. I just actually listened to an uh, interview with Sarah Jessica Parker, though, and she's in this show called Divorce, um, You know, written by the woman who does Catastrophe, which you love. Um, she And she was talking about sex in the city and kind of you know reflecting on it and it kind of was saying some of the things that we were all that we were saying that it wasn't really that diverse that there are some things that didn't age well she's still really proud of it mm-hmm. but she kind of had you know it's very difficult to have anything hold up 
a hundred percent. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and one more thing I want to say before you go to the trivia, when you watch some of these episodes, Carrie's horrible. Yeah. You know, like Carrie blames her friends when she doesn't have enough money. Carrie cheats on Aiden with mm. big Carrie, like drops the ball on people. She, um, you know, like she, it, these characters very drive flawed. you crazy yeah, sometimes. Like all of them annoyed me at times and that's okay. But it's, it's, um, you know, sometimes you look at a storyline later and it just looks worse than it did the moment you saw it. But, and some people just don't. I don't know. I, I could go down another path, but let's do this. So I have these trivia questions that, I don't know, we bought a Sex in the City trivia one day, I don't know, <laughs> a long time ago. Um, so I don't know if I want you to answer right away, or should we give the audience member an opportunity to answer or not? Honey, no? they can't answer back. All They're right. not there. Who this was the most way. disappointing, who was most disapproving when Carrie wanted to move to Paris? Miranda, for sure. Very good. Which couple rode in a horse-drawn sleigh? Uh, it was Big and... No, no. It was Petrovsky and Carrie. Very good. And we haven't even talked about Petrovsky. Mikhail Baryshnikov. I know. I, I YouTubed his dancing. Uh-huh. He's good. Oh, he's the best. My gosh. I know. He's the best. Uh, anyways, who did Harry say was getting a little chunky? Um, who did <laughs> Harry say was... Their dog. Who, and what was the name of the dog? Um, I can't remember. Oh, she was pregnant. The dog was pregnant, you but I can't remember the dog. Elizabeth name. Taylor. Elizabeth Taylor. There's a whole care. Uh, Charlotte's got a whole Elizabeth Taylor thing. What did the pet store clerk tell Charlotte about Elizabeth Taylor? That she's pregnant. And then what hotel did Carrie stay at in Paris? Oh, I don't know. The Plaza Athene. Yeah. Who never saw the way we were? Big. And. Eh. I don't even know what the way we were is. Oh, honey, it's Barbara Streisand and Robert Redford. But I know the episode this is about because it's in the end of season two, I think, when she do Carrie does this whole the way we were thing with Big. Mm -hmm. um, so who hadn't seen it? Samantha. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't have gotten that. Uh, which character did Carrie compare herself to the way we were? The Barbara Streisand character. Do you know her character's name? Um... Sweetie. I can't remember her name in the movie. Katie. Oh, I wouldn't have gotten that. What mode of transportation did the women take to judge the firefighters? I think a fire engine. <laughs> no, 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 I know. They took a ferry. Stanton, Stanton Island, Island Ferry. ferry. Good yeah. job. True or false? The firefighter calendar contest was held in Queens. I don't know. False. Staten Island, sweetie. Well, duh. I, I did they mean filming it because they just said they went on the Staten Island Ferry. Well, Staten you're not Island. supposed to when you play this game, you're not supposed to read all the questions from oh, the same card. Okay. Got it. How many young female friends of Richard's crashed Samantha's Hampton party? Oh, there's a lot of them. I, they want to know exactly how many of Richard's friends crashed that party. Correct. Uh, how, how I'll give I you know? a hint it's less than five, four, three. Oh, okay, there's three girls. Okay, I think I remember that. Do you episode. know the one you're talking about? That he's yeah, they're at that nice house, uh -huh. wherever wherever they were at the Hamptons. Okay. I don't even know what the Hamptons are. I know it's a place where rich people go who live in New York. Correct. It's their beach. I'm not rich, nor do I live in New York, so I don't know. You don't? No. Oh. Um, what was the term Carrie used for passionate romantic love? <laughs> the Zazazoo. Very good. What did Samantha and Carrie disagree on regarding Carrie's book cover? Um, well, what she was wearing. Very good. Her yeah. outfit. Yeah, her outfit. What was with Carrie? Who was with Carrie when she met Aiden for the first time? Um, she was uh, at. No, who was she with? I, I know, but I'm trying oh, to remember sorry. where she was when she met him. Was she with 
I'm thinking about her at the woodworking thing. I feel like Big was there. Um, I'm going to guess Miranda. Stanford. Oh, I wouldn't have gotten that. I was thinking the girls. Who got into a fight when they were shopping for bridesmaids' dresses? Who got into a fight? Probably Carrie and Miranda. Wow, Charlotte and Samantha. Shit. Oh, sweetie. Sorry, pot, pot but people swear on this. What did Natasha? Ch- what did Natasha chip when running from Carrie? Her tooth. Very good. Thank you. What made Berger leave Carrie outside Samantha's Hampton party? What? Why did he leave her outside? Why did he leave? Well, because he didn't feel comfortable. He didn't feel good about himself. It's not a good question. Too much breakup talk. Oh yeah, that's dumb. What? But how about the fact that on the way to that party, remember he makes her take his motorcycle, motorcycle. and she's like, her hair is done and she's got this long purse and he's like, no, we're, he just, it was such a, like a male, sorry. He was feeling less than. Yes. And so and he, the way to yes. overcompensate that power. Is, is power, Overpower. which is a motorcycle. Yeah. Look how big of a man I am. And force her to, this is how we're getting there. Yeah. Burger had a bad ending. Uh, so he had bad. a good beginning. I really liked Burger's character. Um, but yeah, I wonder how Ron Livingston feels about that character. You know who else doesn't feel good about the character they play? Or not good, but like wasn't a very cool play uh, person to play yeah. is Trey. Oh, for sure. Trey had a lot of things. Impotence. And, and he had Bunny, his mom. Yeah. Remember there's like a scene, Charlotte walks in and Trey's in the bath and Bunny's in there talking to him. Yeah. Like it, it's just like not great. And he went from playing Ray Manzarek in The Doors. I know. To playing And Trey. doing Twin Peaks. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. I a, don't know. Was he in Twin Peaks? Was he like a sex guy in Twin Peaks or anything like that? Or um. Not? Well, and he was also in Striptease. He's yeah, a sex was a, guy in that. That was a dumb movie. Yeah. Did the fly come back? Well, there's a spider in the light. Do you see him walking around? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's just chilling out. Okay. How many more should we do? I don't care. Two. Where did Miranda get hit with Old Faithful? <laughs> On the face. <laughs> that, they were at like a sex party or a something. A tantric sex yeah. workshop. Yeah. Let's not talk about that one. Uh, what did Miranda call... What does Miranda call the cult women belong to after they have children? That's weird. Yeah, not a good question. Yeah, let's skip that one. The answer was the motherhood. Do you remember in Lincoln Park what women were called once they had children and they would like walk around with their strollers? This was before I had babies. No. In Chicago, they were called Trixies. Do you remember that? No. I because I remember there was like all these articles about being like being a Trixie, like being like a Lincoln Park woman, mm. and you've got your yoga pants on and your stroller and your coffee. I just remember it being a thing. I feel like we could do this all day. Just do one more. Just do a good one. Don't do some rando well, question. I'm, just, I'm doing. Who dated the bad kisser? Um, Charlotte. Uh, very good. What was Carrie ever married before? No. It's a dumb question. What sound did Burger sleep to? Frogs. Very good. That's a good one. Okay. So um, this podcast is brought to you by Zen Parenting Radio which is another podcast Kathy and I have been done doing for the last seven or eight years. So, so um, we were excited to do this TV show because obviously, as you can hear, it was a big part of our life. Um, and we'll probably do other TV shows in the future. Like when we started pop culturing, we were like, we're mostly going to talk about mu- movies and then talk about how people grow in movies and what we learned. But Todd and I, there's certain shows that have been super influential, just as influential as movies. And yeah. this is one of those. Um, so go back and watch a few Sex in the City episodes 
episode. See if it holds up for you. Even if it doesn't, you can just be nostalgic and enjoy seeing the ladies and the men once again. And if you have any suggestions on movies we should do, we may not take your suggestions, but it never hurts to ask. Um, you we can go to love our it. Zen Parenting Radio Facebook page or email me at Todd at ZenParentingRadio.com. Yeah, so make sure you subscribe to Pop Culturing, subscribe to Zen Parenting Radio, which is the flip side of this show. We basically focus on self-awareness and then bring in some pop culture. And on this show, we talk about pop culture and bring in some self-awareness. So we've enjoyed talking to you today. Keep trucking, everybody. Or that's a Zen That's okay. You can say it. How about... I got to come up with a better one. Well, I think once I said, we'll see at the movies, but this isn't a movie. See at the movies. It's a little cheesy, but I like it. I know, but this isn't a movie. See at the TV shows. Meet you on the couch. See you on the couch. (laughs) Keep trucking. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening to Pop Culturing. If you love movies, music, and talking about pop culture like us, subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, you will love Zen Parenting Radio, the podcast we've been doing for over eight years. Zen Parenting focuses on self-awareness, communication, and connection with some pop culture thrown in, and Pop Culturing focuses on pop culture with some self-awareness, communication, and connection thrown in. Listening to both will give you an ideal life balance. If you want to know more about Kathy and I, head over to ZenParentingRadio.com to get more information about our podcasts, events, and don't forget our annual Zen Parenting Conference in Chicago, and so much more. Thanks for listening. We'll see you at the movies. I like that. See you at the movies. Thank you.